Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The finale of True Detective Night Country is over, but here on Post Show Recaps, we're just getting started. My name is Grace, but of course, I'm not alone. I'm here with Dr. Amanda. Amanda, how are you doing? I'm great, Grace. We called it. Rose Agana was <laughs> behind it all. She's been working with the mind. She's a trained assassin yeah. who killed everybody. She killed all the people. Hey, get yourself a friend like Rose Agana, apparently. <laughs> she'll cook you dinner and she'll help oh, you wow. stuff a body into the lake. I guess. Oh, so, we should yeah. all be so lucky. Yeah. Well, True Detective, it's over episode six. See, lots of people are hanging out with us. We're live yes. here on the YouTube channel. This video will also be in your, your podcast feed. So if you're listening to us to after listening to us afterwards as well hello but hello to those in the audience um we'll dive through all of the things that happened the things that didn't happen um and then maybe we'll take some questions from the audience as as well make sure uh you don't miss that uh, jess and i will do a deep dive later this week and then also mike bloom and latonia starks will be there for the versus finale as well um all right i'll just ask you what you what'd you make of the finale dr who um yeah i think that um I'm excited to talk about it, Grace, because, like, I have to say there's things about this that I was very impressed by, and I thought that it was successful in a number of ways, but I also feel like I do have some problems with this finale. We talked about the pacing as the show has gone on, and this felt a little bit overstuffed, a little bit clunky in pieces. Like, I didn't know if all of the time in this hour and 15 minutes 
was most effectively used. There were parts where we got a lot of exposition from Ray Clark and then later from, I think her name is Beatrice. Um, and a lot of like the mystery was revealed in just like a couple of scenes that like felt a, something felt a little bit unsatisfying about that after we mm. had kind of been like meticulously sort of piecing things together. But um, I do like that we got pragmatic, rational explanations for all of the deaths and the motives behind the killing. Um, I do really, I'm really looking forward to talking about the sort of biggest surprise twist, I think, which was the role that the Native and Yupiak women ended up playing in the death of the Salal men and how that, I think, sort of underscored the fact that, you know, these institutions had failed these people and had come and exploited this land and had taken so much from the native people and that they're, you know, they gained some power by taking that into their own hands. Um, so I thought that that was interesting. Um, so I think it's like a mixed bag, but I still found that this was, it, it, it delivered in the way that I think a detective show does need to deliver and that we got answers. I think we got as many answers, if not more than I was expecting um, and answers that I think um, are interesting. But the way that those got revealed in this last episode, it felt a little bit like it was maybe trying to do too much in this final installment. Yeah, I think that that's really fair. I think that I come back to, I believe it was last week and you, you came into the podcast being like i think based on this episode i don't necessarily know what's happening but i or like what what has it like the answer to the mystery you mm -hmm. know what was happening i don't mean to insult you there uh <laughs> more, more so that you were like but i feel like i know and i understand the themes of the show and i actually think that the the reveals that we got this episode about what happened i think actually uh sit really well with me in terms of some of the things I think Issa Lopez was trying to say mm -hmm. with this show. I think it's really interesting and I don't want to go down this, you know, hatch too soon. Mm. But in terms of the fact that this was originally not written as a true detective show, it was written separately. I do think, I think I'm very happy that it's a true detective show because I think. Time is a flat circle, Grace. It's true. Time is a flat circle. I'm, I'm happy it is because I think that the show maybe gets less attention without mm -hmm. it being HBO's true detective and specifically like Jodie Foster being attended. I think like the two of those things, mm -hmm. I think lend itself to being the Sunday night show that people watch HBO, basically like some of the only people doing uh, television where everybody watches at the same time. And so I think that it's fair to sort of like alleviate some of my, like, like, or like to, to give the show some, credit in that I don't I I think my problems with the finale are much more that I I just think six episodes maybe is too the, the, there's one moment in particular that we'll get to mm -hmm. when they figure out that like Blair is the way that they figure out that Blair is involved I'm like wait what and I've watched this episode twice and I'm like wait what okay all right we're just like moving from plot A to plot B and it's totally fine because I do think for me everything else works and so let me let me stick to comment in the show which is you said last week it's about what people see uh, we talked mm -hmm. about 
what people are choosing not to hear as well. Mm-hmm. And both of those things play so much importance into this episode in terms of Danvers getting to the point where she will acknowledge that she sees Holden. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think this is a thing that we can talk about in terms of like the actual ending, what is happening in the final shot mm-hmm. of the show, mm-hmm. because I think it plays into the journey that Danvers has been on over the course of the show in terms of not believing what Navarro is saying and refusing to listen and look at what's happening. And there's a moment when Danvers wakes up after being pulled out from the ice that she says, what was he saying? What did he say? And she's finally ready to listen. And so I feel like that. And then also this idea, and it's very interesting though, that the, this, the, the murder of the Salal men is then them actively seeing and also choosing not to say, uh, mm-hmm. right. Uh, but also yeah. in that it's a story and it, and it's a story that is told in the way Beecher says, well, you know, that's what we, you know, but that's a story. You know, yeah. I, I really actually love that. I love the way that mm-hmm. like sort of hearing and seeing played into the both things that uh, the, all of the things that happened over the course of yeah. the show. So I think I forgive the show for what I think sometimes they're playing into tropes or mm-hmm. i think that the writing feels like it's like how do i get them from here to here i don't know so we'll let's just do it yeah um, i forgive a lot of that because i think the themes of the show and the actual answers that we got i think are mostly pretty strong yeah yeah i agree and i think like you know we've said this on this podcast before but like i think that we definitely have to commend Issa Lopez like for taking this vehicle of true detective and like inside of it like packaging this like very powerful story about our relationship with the land and the environment and with native people and you know the whole you know the ending of you know where Beatrice says it's always the same story and nothing happens it has the same ending and we've talked about the missing and murdered indigenous women and how like this, I think show is amplifying and drawing attention to that, to an audience that might not have been aware of that before. So I think that that's fantastic and commendable. Um, You know, there are things in this, you know, that don't land as well with me. Like you had said, I think previously that, you know, in speculating about, you know, the Reddit had sort of gotten wind that, you know, we're seeing a lot of this Blair woman and they're drawing attention to the fact that, you know, she has the, these missing fingers and how is like, this is obviously. So I think that if you were not watching with a close eye, you might've missed that. And this might have felt like a bit of a hard turn. Um, But you had speculated that, well, they're not going to make all of these native women, the murderers. Wow. Just pointing out that I'm wrong. It's we're only well, we're less than 10 minutes in, Amanda. I'm so no, well, we're gonna bury that later in the show. <laughs> Look, no. I my I'm eyes not. are open and I will speak the truth to power, no, Grace. I um, was wrong, but I, I'm I'm I think that the choice worked really well. So I think it worked really well too. I think they did it in an unexpected way that made it work. But I do think that this question about who are the heroes in the story and what is the morality of this tale and how Danvers and Navarro are both very imperfect heroes, like very flawed heroes. I think we see them both do terrible things that sometimes made it hard for me to watch, like the way that they torture Clark to get this confession. Um, You know, the way we've noticed that Navarro just sort of takes out her rage at, uh, you know, these are, these mm-hmm. people are pointed out to be, you know, somewhat 
deserving targets or at least not fully innocent bystanders. But from killing Wheeler to, you know, beating up the um, the abuser of, you know, Blair's abuser when she sees him on the street Mm -hmm. to the way that she sort of tortures Clark, like all of these things, I think, make her morality somewhat, you know, questionable. And then we pointed out many times that Liz, you know, is occasionally racist and always kind of an a-hole. Um, so sometimes those two were hard to watch in a way that made me like wonder, you know, are there are there any good guys? And I think it is interesting though, because they're also, you know, representing the APF, which we know, by the way, actually the APF, which is not actually a police force, but it's like sort of a stand, like that's not a real Alaska right. like is not a real right. entity, but it's kind of a stand in here. I think most of the policing in Alaska is done by state troopers. Um, but I think it's interesting that, you know, this is a true detective story where the detectives are not necessarily the good guys, which I think is part of the true detective franchise. Um, but also interesting in that, like, you know, you're sort of or if you're looking for heroes here, I think it's, you know, it's probably the the Native women with their revenge plot. Um, but I like that that came back into play. And I feel like I'm a little bit all over the place because we did point okay. out how they had, this was kind of subtly woven into the show. This, like these scenes where you see the community of women among yeah. the Inupiaq, like yeah. draw, drawn together, yeah. um, protecting each other. Even a- what Annie's doing as a midwife is is pro- is providing this vital function for the community. Um, and I thought it was like really fantastic. In the end, how it all gets pulled together by by Beatrice and the sort of the um, the royal she of it all. Like who is the she in the she's. Yeah awake how it comes to embody that you know they did this to themselves when they dug into our ice when they killed our daughter when they killed annie so i mean this is this is not just salal this is not just the mine but this is colonization they come here they dig into the ice they murder our people they kill our daughter they woke her up and if she wanted to be merciful to them she would have but that's not what she wanted. And that's like the, she becomes a sort of representation of this people and their tie to the land. And I think ultimately also, you know, the mother earth and what we're doing in polluting and ravaging the earth. Um, so I thought there was a lot of, of, of poetic truth in the way this all kind of got pulled together. Yeah. And I think I said, you know, that I think some of the like where I think it comes apart at the seems a little bit is because it's a, a, a true detective show and it's a detective show mm-hmm. in particular. But I also give the show credit that I think the reason why because th- there's a reason why Danvers and Navarro can't figure this thing is, out is because they are partially part of the partially part of they're part of the mm-hmm. system that does not look after these these um the women and the people mm-hmm. of venice and the the inupiac in, people um and so like i think that they do a good job at the end of when when Beatri- you know it's like why didn't you report it it's like well the story is the same story it ends the same way so we we told our own story um i thought that that was good f- enough for me in terms of like f- you know mapping out like because i think that that's 
the thing when you're talking about a community. And also the way that Danvers is an outsider to a degree. Yes. And also Navarro feels like an outsider mm -hmm. as well. Um, uh, ultimately, finally, um, getting her name and learning what it means. I really love that. It means the sun that comes before uh, uh, during the night. I have it written down in my notes. But yeah. I really... That was so great. Yeah, it's the sun that comes after the long night. Right. And the fact that she gets this, like it's a suknyuk, I think is the is the name. And she gets this name finally comes to her when she's having this moment of being drawn out to the ice, being drawn out by somebody. And I can only imagine that that scene where we see her hand reach out and she touches another woman's hand and learns her name, that that's her mother, I yes, would imagine. I, I agree with that as well. Yeah. And Who else gets, would know her name, right? Julia doesn't yeah. know. Julia would have told her her name. So, um, yeah. And so that's where she learns her name. And then it's because she can introduce herself using that name that they can gain access to these women and this information. And this is something that Pete Pryor or Hank or Liz, like in their policing, could never have had access to because they're not part of this community. Right. So I do think the way it sort of worked, you know, that that this is the thing and, it, and it's who knew. And, you know, it's interesting is I will say uh, while we do find out that and I think this is an excellent choice to have Raymond Clark be complicit in what happens because yeah. I think it's so true to reality um, in the way that he might not have been the first person to, like, you know, stop uh, Annie and, and kill her, but he he's as complicit as anybody else is. And I think that that's a really strong message I want to talk about, but then you go back. Like I had this piece early on of like, I think it's Raymond. I like in episode two, yeah. not until episode three that I'm like, well, maybe it's not. And he, you know, these photos of them being in love. And I kept saying like, well, that doesn't necessarily mean that like he won't, he didn't kill right. her. Right. Like this is like, people say they're in love and they seem in love and, and then these things it's happen. happened before. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that the way it's kind of like, it, it's both, you know, and I, I think that was really good. And then the way that what I kept saying early on was like the story there isn't how can it how, like, oh, my gosh, who did it? It's like, how can people be complicit in it happening? Mm -hmm. And I think that while I was not another another one where I was like, I will not put that in my correctly guessed column. But alas, I do think that uh, Alaska, we haven't made that joke yet. Uh, um I do think that the story of like the women who clean the facility, figuring it out and knowing, and there's a bunch of them and they all feel right. like they need to do something because nothing ever gets done. I think does work for me in the way that I thought that that's where they were going with Raymond, but they ultimately end up going with, um, you know, the, the way all, it sort of plays yeah. out and it being all the, the Ennis women. I, I think that that, is a really powerful message. And I think that the, you know, you go back to the, these things that people say, like who killed, like I think Dan versus is like who killed Annie? Well, it was the, ten, it was Ennis who killed mm -hmm. Annie. And especially when you find out that I think another big reveal is, is that I thought was actually really effective was last week. I was like, well, I feel like we just, we got the pollution stuff. We figured it out. Yeah. Like, we got the answer. And then there's one more little piece that I thought was really excellent was no, no, it wasn't that the solar station was just fudging numbers. It's that it was actually incredibly beneficial for them to make the pollution and the toxics, uh, the toxins in the, in the, like earth worse because it made it easier to extract this potentially life-saving thing. Yeah. And I think that the message of that, it's not, it's, it, 
it actually, I think, is deeper than the capitalist thing that we had assumed, mm-hmm. which is like the, the mind just churning out pollutions at the at the you know expense of like making a lot of money. Now there's this like goal that says these people decided that it was worth making sure that people had cancer and yeah. there were stillborn babies right. at the possibility, the possibility, not the guarantee of something that would affect lives. And I think that that's a really interesting twist to put at the end of the show, because I think you could sit in think saying like, wow, if, if they were able to pull out this like microorganism that mm-hmm. will cure cancer, what an amazing thing. But it's the idea that they thought that they, the, the, the extra level of, of saying like, we get to choose what happens to you is the piece that like, they're not like, this is why these things happen to, because they think it's for the greater good. It's like, it's it's not for the greater good. No, exactly. It's the, it's this, it's the same, like it's this colonial, like kind of enlightenment. And I'm putting quotes around this idea of it's, it's not just like the capitalism and the enterprise, as you say, it's also the science and the progress. And it's like imposing values in this worldview and it's very paternalistic to say like we actually know what's better and we can decide that these lives are less valuable because it's for the greater good that we make this discovery and this discovery has this value and if you look at how scientific discoveries in medicine or you know first of all like there's science that produces technology that allows like acceleration of productivity that causes industrialization that causes pollution and yada 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 down the line so there's all of these impacts of those set of decisions and then when these medical breakthroughs happen are they available to everybody of course not it's only certain nations only certain people in wealthy nations have access to this if the salal men discover some dna um advance that can cure cancer is this going to help the people who live in ennis who are giving their lives who are collateral damage because of you know somebody's set of decisions in this and it's and i think that you know we're all sort of predisposed as as you know westerners or people who grow up in like a certain set of values that like oh science is good and these medical discoveries are good and when we were first introduced to salal i thought like oh what a cool little science camp where these people who are so absorbed in their work are doing great things um but it raises this question about at what cost and it's this kind of very paternalistic and um you know this idea that you know that that these people can be stewards of this land and show up in this place and claim it as their own um and i did think that was a great twist so in canada I had a professor who published a study. Unfortunately, my professor was a white man, and he always talks about the fact that like people were saying this for years and years and years, and it wasn't until he published his paper that it became national news. But it was discovered that at residential schools in the 1940s and 50s, where indigenous children were taken mm-hmm. from their homes and put in these schools, um, the Canadian government ran um, the nutrition test that created Canada's food guide, um, which meant that some ch- and you basically need children who are malnutrition to be able oh. to test on them and you can give some of them nutrients to see what actually works and you give the other ones nothing so kids were literally there were no change to their diet they were starved and they had like they were uh, malnourished um that comes from new school so like the idea and there's all you know there's a long history of um uh 
black people being well, yeah we have the, for Tuskegee, research, right? the Tuskegee syphilis study I mean there's right. so many examples right. of deciding that you know that this group of people is dispensable and that the knowledge we yeah. can the knowledge we can gain from using their bodies and yeah. it is more valuable than you know than 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 actually what their lives are um yeah. Yeah. It's so, yeah. It's yeah. It, it, it's very. I mean, it's very. It's very cool that that Issa Lopez tackled all of that in this show. I think I've told you, Grace. We covered the curse, yeah. um, as well. And I told you what my sister lives in New Mexico, or she lived in New Mexico, and she's recently come back east, and she she's watching True Detective, and she mm -hmm. loves it, and she was like just so on fire about how great this is because she was saying that the relationships between the indigenous people and the white people in New Mexico in the, you know, the ski Valley and the resorts of Taos and, you know, Santa Fe is like very much like what she's seeing. Like she's seeing mm. those dynamics on true detective. Right. And she feels like that hasn't been well represented in media. And I just kept on saying, you have to watch the curse. You have to watch the curse. Yeah, true. But, yeah. but I think it's, um, I think that it's like that this is, I think such an important story. Um, and it's great to see this come to light. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, we do get the, so the Raymond Clark reveal, which sort of sets in motion, obviously, how then they'll be able to figure out like, okay, well, we know who killed Annie. They'll ask the question. We were asking the wrong question. It's not who killed Annie. It's who knew. About. It's why is Blair in all these scenes? That's right. I, I really have to just nitpick on the like, mm -hmm. the down the hatch of it, like holding the hatch of it all to find the fingerprint. We dump like the alcohol or whatever on the, and then the UV yeah. rays. I, I, it's, that's pretty rough. And I was like hoping. But it was, yeah. Yeah. It but was I, one I, of the only detective-y things that they did in this episode, which is why I sort of liked it. Cause I felt like it was the, the discoveries were light on the detecting in this episode that was detecting at least i mean I, I get it like you're lifting the hat like somebody was someone was trying to pull open the hatch so it's fine you would go investigate the hatch but then it's like the fact that you would find like that she's looking specifically for like what else would they have found? i mean yeah. a fingerprint you yeah. know and you need it to be in the moment like I, again i feel like it's like and this could have been the same like this would have been episode 10 of a 10 episode series. It would be the same thing. We're like, we're stuck in the storm and the thing. We need the answer at the moment mm -hmm. to then figure it out. Like it, it, it's fine. It's just like, it's a little silly, but it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. But we get the Raymond Clark reveal that like he, that not only was he like, it was Lund and then it's the, all the other men. Mm -hmm. And then it also is Raymond. Who, who ultimately does it. Who ultimately yeah. is the one who kills her. 
And I think that this is, again, I think that this really works for the themes of the show. I mean, you nitpicked a little bit about like the way the exposition, I actually didn't mind the exposition scenes because at least we were like seeing the scenes happen at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of fine with it. I thought maybe like, I didn't really remember the star shaped you know well, yeah you know i didn't that didn't really like yeah. it felt like something that maybe like, i, I, I would have like, liked i mean we we see that like blair and beatrice and like the other women like solved this crime right i would love to have seen the detective solve the crime i mean it's cool that they solved the crime too but it's like i feel like we didn't get like we got all of this like crime solving in this episode and like two confessions. Yeah, no, I agree. But then I like I go to the flip side of like the reason that they don't know like and maybe there needs to be more to like how the women figure it out or whatever. But it, you know, it, you know, the fact that they're like cleaning the place for these men like mm -hmm. is also I think a theme of the there's like right. of the theme and then the fact that like Danvers and Navarro are are cops and part of a system that these people don't trust. Of like course, it, it's, it's yeah. like close to working for me that I'm like, uh, it's fine. So the thing I like, the thing that I think is strong about Raymond being, it's the theme of like, you're all complicit. You're all complicit in doing mm -hmm. it. It doesn't matter. Like you, you know, you work at the, the station, you're complicit. And like, obviously all the men do. And the fact, like, I think uh, Jen was sort of backing up the point earlier about men who murder their significant others almost always claim they love them. Right. And that's right. That was like, she's looking, she's like, did you love Annie? And he keeps saying yes, but then it's like, he gets revealed that you killed her. So like, you can't actually have loved her right. that much. Even before you, you killed her, you didn't stop them from murdering her. So mm -hmm. it's like, you there's, there's no real amount of, of love. And these are the types of things that I was like, I thought we were going to get in the, the finale. Like I was like, I was unsure if we were going to paint the women of Ennis as mm -hmm. like the killers. I don't think, I think it came off. Like it doesn't, it, it, you know the way that Beatrice is talking about like well we like <laughs> a little bit like well we put them out there and if she wanted them to return their clothes were nice and folded it's like yeah I think pretty certain yeah, they were going yeah, to die yeah. but like you know I it did not and I love the way it was framed as a story which is like an indigenous yeah uh, thing of like storytelling and passing on stories and oral histories that have been lost because of the racism that occurred like I thought each of these things like like worked and played into these themes mm -hmm. again this is what i'm saying yeah. like yeah i'll nitpick on the like yeah the detective work but overall i think what isa lopez was trying to tell us i think was was, yeah. was really strong another thing that i think worked really well with the themes is the idea that like we have this were originally presented this version of Salal that these men had no contact with anybody. They were completely insulated. They did. And then we find out that there sure. were actually always these people here that were like these invisible people that didn't count that were like, first of all, you know, they had lovers in the community. They had all of these women who were right. doing their laundry, cleaning, right. like that. And, and this idea that these people didn't count to the point that they were completely disregarded as being able to figure out what was going on or defend themselves. Um, and that they like had to reclaim their personhood in this way. I thought that that was also um, fitting in the theme. Okay. The thing I'm dying to know, Dr. Mm. Amanda, is the end. Mm -hmm. So we flash forward. Danvers is being interviewed about everything that happened. And, you know, they uh, we then reveal 
that Navarro has left. She is well, she's missing seemingly. Um, when Danvers goes to her house and visits, the Holden teddy bear is there. And I do, uh, we have a claim in the chat that I did not catch that I really want to talk about, mm. which we'll get there from Anna Marie. We'll get there, uh, to about Holden specifically. Um, but, um, then the video, which is a mm -hmm. confession about the pollution, the pollution. I don't think necessarily there's no indication that it's about killing Annie, because I think right. that the, the fear there would be that it would open up to them like, well, people would have want revenge for that happening. So that will remain a, 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 a closed case. Mm -hmm. um, the and then and then the men it's a it's an avalanche so we don't we let's just like not mess with that so just the toxicity which then we see the, the mine, mine is, is closed. closed yes the yeah. mine is closed okay then navarro walks she walks away and they have this conversation where it's like if you ever leave i hope you come back right and then there's the final scene where Leah and Danvers are driving on a road trip and there's one final scene and I think it's beautiful. It's stunning. Yeah. Um, it makes me want to move to Alaska except for the part. Except for every part. other, except for every other scene <laughs> in the show. That's the only where, scene. Yeah. Where she's like doing her little crossword and then she stops uh -huh. and she goes outside and she has her cup of coffee. She sits down and Navarro walks in. And the thing I, I've been hung up a little bit on uh -huh. the show about framing of mm. scenes. I've, Talked a lot about the moment when like Lund wakes up. There's more covered that like Navarro does have this ability to see people, especially when they're yeah. like on the passageway to death. Like she sees right. Lund, she sees she obviously sees like Clark, she sees I think her actually sister. The themes yeah. too could be also like the more someone is gone, maybe sometimes the more you have to like go right. The more like we'll go back to Rose. Mother... People come for different reasons. Right, right. Okay. So but there's the scene. She's mm -hmm. why well, you know. I don't think you'll ever see her again. There's been sightings of her. Yes. But you know what they say. This is Ennis. People never leave. Is Navarro dead or alive at the end of the show? I think she's dead. I, I think she's dead. Yeah. I think that I think that she walks off like the way that she's been called to. And again, you know, the Rose, Rose Agna, the North Star star of this show, like, you know, there's there's different. Dead people come. Sometimes they want to tell you something. Sometimes they want to take you with them. And sometimes they hang around because they miss you. And we also get, I mean, and this was the thing where I felt like this episode was a little bit overstuffed because we had to solve two murders and then we had to get Liz's emotional journey and Navarra's um, and Evangeline's emotional journey. Yeah. And I did feel like it was clunky and trying to you know and trying to juggle all of those balls um all of those oranges um but like i think with i think what we see with evangeline in this episode is she recontextualizes what she's been experiencing in terms of these messages from beyond and she says to liz a couple of things. Um, one of the things that she says is that it doesn't have to be scary. It can be a comfort. A comfort. Yeah. Um, and, you know, later she says to Liz that, you know, she's been, you know, that when, before Liz has the revelation about the hatch, that she's been thinking about this, um, the raw, like so long she was afraid of what was trying to get in. She was hiding and like that she doesn't want to be afraid anymore. And we do see her walk out 
like start to walk out on the ice into nothing like into just ice and yes no, and we've seen no. and we've seen her start that journey yeah. a number of times but i do feel like she had reached this level of peace with it and whereas before i think that she was afraid of the dead trying to take her with them that now she's going out there on her own you know like she's going out there on her own accord because she wants to be with her mother and her sister and this is actually the part of the show that i have a little bit of a hard time with because i, I do think, think she's that, yeah. dead yeah i do think that she continues to visit liz as a, i think that that conversation about if you do go if you do end up taking your own life then come back and visit me because Liz is now in a place where she is open enough yeah. to experiencing these messages from the dead. And I do feel like that's a bit of a romanticization of self-harm. And I, you know, yeah. I can say that in this piece of art, it exists in this way that's consistent with some of the other themes and that, that represents a journey for this character um but that it, it I, I i that it, it doesn't sit right with me if that's ultimately what it's getting at and it's the least ambiguous enough to leave that interpretation uh, yeah i definitely it's 100 percent my interpretation of the scene and if that is what it is i don't really love it i think that we've talked about in previous episodes like the julia depiction and how i think the problem with that was for, for me from my perspective mm -hmm. is that there wasn't enough to julia i think in this moment like part of me can understand this like you can kind of go through this logic that if like she calls it a comfort for those things to happen but then so on one hand it's like okay she makes this decision to walk out on the ice and now she is on, mm -hmm. on the other side and she can be a comfort to other people. But on the other hand, like, can't you can't couldn't can't those people who she has been seeing, can't those people be comforts to, to a Navarro, yeah. an Evangeline who is in a better place. And I feel like, I don't know that we get. Yeah. I mean, I obviously her life is like not great, but I feel like there's these moments where we're going in the show, the things that she's fighting for, yeah. I feel like we get closer to getting them and then all and, and uh, repairing of relationships, et cetera, et cetera, only for them to her to choose if this is the interpretation to enter life. And so I don't, you know, I, yeah. it's not always like, I think mental health is not always like, you know, you, sometimes you, when you hear about these things, you're like, Oh, I wish it was more like, I, I wish I knew, I wish there was more signs that would tell me like, that's what was said, but, and there's not, but yeah, I would agree with you that it does feel like it, like to a degree to, there's a degree to which just glorifies. Like, I think it would be very um, much romanticizing that kind. I, and, and it's, yeah. And I think that that is a real issue. And, and that, I mean, like, it's not something I feel great about. I can't like, you know, we're talking about this right after the end of the episode. I look forward to hearing what Issa Lopez has to say about this, what Kaylee Rez has to say about this. Like I, I'm interested to to see more of the discussion around this. And maybe this is like, you know, my Western view of death and I'm missing something that is in, you know, the subtext of other, you know, like yeah. I have a very like yeah. specific view of death and that is a very secular Western view of death. And so I know that other cultures 
and and faiths see it differently. So I would I I'm looking forward to hearing more of this discussion and because it's a very deliberate choice um and yeah. and it's something that I think is probably going to be controversial. Yeah, I think if like this episode like in the midst of all the stuff that's happening like Navarro like stuff gets swapped around you learn about the then it's like now we're chasing Raymond Clark and she dies and but and she had taught like you know she had put Danvers in a place where she, like she obviously believes that she's seeing Holden and that, mm-hmm. that Danvers is now seeing Holden um and then Evangeline dies and then she like remains a, like a comfort to her at mm-hmm. like that to me works a little better I think than like her walking through the ice but yeah oh yeah. not the end of the- and it's tough because that last scene i think is like the shot of it is beautiful and like yeah of like yeah it's Ennis. no one ever leaves like i love that i love and that it feels piece of it. like it feels very peaceful it feels very yeah. resolved um yeah. the leah and Davers are like eating sandwiches on a road trip like it's very cute it's like night it's like it's a happy ending and then i'm like but i don't know if it's like a happy ending yeah like, yeah. yeah well does does pete Pryor have a happy ending grace not at all. Uh, I think that uh, I I love this scene. I think that mm-hmm. this is the storyline between this and Leah. I think that feels like the most like uh, didn't it didn't fully bake mm. in the oven. It was like yeah. feels like it came out a little pre because you get this moment with Kayla. And a lot of people were like the jokes about how mad Kayla was, even though her like husband is a police officer. And I am like, you know, it's the straw that broke the camel's back. Feels like this has been a thing that's been going on, whatever. I'll I'll defend a little bit. This episode, her being like, I guess it's the moment where he brings Leah back. Um, But it does feel like he then does this thing. That's like, I did this awful thing. And I almost wish, I guess I don't know whether or not he should like loop her in in the moment or whether she Mm -hmm. like, feels like she would eventually know like wow your dad went missing the night that you did mm-hmm. you know there, there's i maybe want a little bit more from from this moment where then it seems like she's like okay like i you know i love you but you're an a-hole and then he leaves i love the scene with rose i think the scene with rose yeah. of like him being like no no I'm, I'm a man i'm gonna watch and she's like well this is what i'm gonna do and he's like yeah. I shall turn around for a moment and he's supposed to like be there in the moment and then he does it and her sitting next to him and forgive me for ever slandering that re- number one suspect on my board. I have to take, <laughs> take the picture down, but I love this of like, you think like that's the hard part, but actually like every moment afterwards forever, forever. that's the worst effing part. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I, I love it. I think that that like, you know, I know like because he had this bad relationship with his father and grief is already hard mm-hmm. no matter who, like who you're grieving right mm-hmm. um and so this idea that like it's now complicated and wrapped up and like having to do like he shot him he shot him because he was going to kill like a, he was going to he's doing something illegal he'd already killed a man so it's like i just i you know i just really love like this is the last thing rose does on the show it's like yeah it's just gonna be hard forever dude i just kind of love it I thought she's it was so badass um yeah. yeah no she's 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 great yeah i think um six episodes of True Detective Night Country was not enough to make Kayla a character who makes any sense, unfortunately. Like, I think that I think that you could I think that you could make her actions like very understandable, but the show just didn't have the real estate to do anything other than make this a very one note fight between them that autumn like that all of a sudden gets resolved in a very unearned way. Um, so I think that that was an unfortunate casualty of having a shorter runtime um that that didn't work i don't know what i would have like traded it for um because i think that the show did have a lot to do in six episodes i just think it wasn't 
enough time to do justice to this marriage to make all of this make sense. Um, yeah, but I mean, I think that this show is like leaving our main characters in these very different um, positions with regard to grief and loss and moving on in a way that I thought was really, really fascinating. Um, another thing that I loved about the imagery of this season that really, you know, was at the fore in this episode is the idea of breaking through the ice, you know, breaking yeah. through the ice to return somebody who's dead, breaking through the ice to save somebody. I would have and loved the Hank saves Pete when he's a kid in the ice to come sooner. Like yeah. I was like last week, I was like, I don't get the moment. And then this week I'm like, oh, I see that. I get it. It's like he saved him, but now he's like, he, his he, kid is putting he in. Like, puts it, he puts his dad in the ice and his dad. Oh my yeah. God. That was like, yeah. Oh, so incredibly powerful. And then the fact that like that's where Liz, you know, sees Holden and then and then Navarro rescues Liz through the ice. I mean, all of that worked really well for me. And it just like I think that the thing that this whole series has done exceptionally well, and especially in this episode, is the way that it depicts the landscape and the yeah. climate and the yeah. conditions. Like the ice caves were beautiful. I mean, that was, yeah. I mean, those were incredibly shot. And then the blizzard was incredible. Just going up to the village and knocking on um, Beatrice's door, which is like yeah. covered in ice. Yeah, the crazy. harshness of the environment. And then there's something so evocative to me about the ocean being frozen over and walking out into the ocean. And all of that is underneath. And this whole theme of like, what do we see and what don't we see? Yeah. Like, you know, what, like, what's an iceberg? We only see the tip of an iceberg and there's right. so much underneath. Um, yeah. I the thought bear that, with one eye, the bear like, with one see, eye, can't see. Uh, and the, the AP and the APF badge is a polar bear. Right, right. Um, Jen says like uh, that's Holden coming to see to see her through the bear. That's, that's right, the, Jen. That's what I realized in this episode yeah. too. That those one-eyed bears that they that almost you know crashed the car is Holden coming back and watching Liz. I see you. Um, okay, the Holden. This is an astonishing reveal to me from mm. from Anna Marie, and I love it, and I think it's right. I have been a little bit uh, – there's the Wheeler house incident. Yes. And there's this thing about like, okay, they never didn't tell us who did it. So we're going to mm -hmm. find out at some point. And it felt like the reason to withhold the fact that it's – Withholding. Withholding the whole time <laughs> that it's Navarro is because, oh, it's actually Danvers. And Danvers mm -hmm. did it. But that didn't really seem to track with me because why would Navarro have to leave the – if he, she'd have to go to the state trooper. So I'm like, I think it's still Navarro, but I don't know why we're withholding it. Withholding it. it it's very good. It's very good. It's very good. There, in this episode, we see the moment again. We see that the Danvers was going to do it. Yes. And Navarro does it. And then we hear a baby cry. And Anna Marie asks, <gasps> is holding the Wheeler baby? Oh my gosh. How many, wait, wait, wait. How many years ago well, was... I think it's very good because one of the things that I had been reticent to say, but I've been thinking is that Danvers always says she has not been there that long. And so the idea that she was pregnant has always been a thing of like, okay, she came and then she got in a relationship and then she had a baby and then the baby grows up to be like four, three, four, probably. I don't know. Oh my gosh. 
because why yeah. have that detail of well so at first i was like there's a baby crying and this is like oh wow what they did yeah. is terrible and jen says yes i think holden is the wheeler baby and this has blown me away in the like 30 minutes after after watching the episode i i think that that it is right it tracks a little bit with like not you know we know that like leah's uh like Liz has Leah because like Leah's dad, they were mm -hmm. together and he's gone. But I do think like adopting, we, I, we I think, you, and, and we know that it doesn't. And we hear Navarro say he doesn't look like you. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's the other piece. Yeah. I know he doesn't look like you, but, and that's like, you could read that as like, he's, I'm he seeing this kid. Right. He looks like, yeah. he, like, it looks like you're the dad, but like, it is, you know, but it's, but I, I, wow. I think that this is like, supremely interesting and I, and I think that there's enough there that you can kind of like what a fun not it's not really a fun none of this was very fun this boy <laughs> like his parents died and then he dies mm -hmm. um but yeah i think it's very interesting what do you what do you make of this because I, I, I i love this thing. yeah i yeah. really this is this is really um i had this was not something that i had considered at all so i'm processing this in real time i yeah. think i want to just double check the time frame um but yeah it does really make sense yeah. because if if navarro didn't know holden and navarro gets sort of expelled immediately after this wheeler thing and she hadn't been there long um then maybe this does check out and we know that liz is like very drawn to kids right and that um like like little kids and that for her to discover this baby um that's very interesting that's very interesting the Tracy other doesn't think it's true tracy thinks that danvers was transferred from wherever she was after uh by ted after holden was after killed holden because was he said he had transferred because she was being an a-hole but i oh, i don't know good point that right? after mm. no i i think it's more just i i think she had been transferred at, and then I'm so He's, like, I'm like the last argument I hear. I'm like, no, that's right. Connolly though does say like, and it got worse after mm -hmm. Holden, um, uh, Holden, and, and, Holden and, and Jake, Jake died. died. So I don't know. You know, we'd have to go back and re it's, I know it's kind of, it's fun. Cause I feel like the other big thing, I mean, to move on from, yeah. from Holden uh, is the, is well, the baby. The other piece, it's the, the one thing that I feel like is the, and, and I feel like the show does try to like have uh, an answer to this, mm -hmm. uh, which is, the, we never find out how the tongue got in yeah. um, the, the station. And Danvers has a moment where she's under the table and she sees yeah. this like speck of something and she goes to touch mm -hmm. it. And then um, Navarro comes in and, and she hits her head. And so we move on. But she has like a flashback of that's where she found the tongue. And then everybody who gets asked about the tongue says like, I don't know. And at the end, um, like when Danvers is talking about, Navarro saying like well some some questions don't have answers like not you yeah. know and so I don't feel like to a degree that's sort of like some things we couldn't put in but I I do yeah Annie's tongue I, I feel like right. it's the biggest thing that I we have don't a get theory answered. I have yes. a theory about the tongue and Please. I and I do want to before we completely leave from the Holden thing I want to say I do also think we learned in this episode that Liz was not in the car when Holden died, I think That's when right. we see her walking, she's walking towards the wreck right. and she asks, you know, she says to Navarro, you don't like when you don't know what he said, did he scream? Did he call for mom? I think we find out that it was Jake and Holden in the car and Danvers like was not 
I, in the car. I um, also very quickly saw an implication that it was a drunk driver. And I wanted to say this earlier when you're talking about how these people are like not necessarily the hero. Like they are, they're like the protagonist, but whether or not they're like, full, and there are bad things about them. I do think the thing that the show did really, really well is you find out those things. And then as the, like the layers of an orange get peeled, Ooh. hopefully in one continuous strip. But yes. no, I guess it's that's not how spiral. a good show yeah. would, would work out because then you just find out all the things at once. <laughs> it I feel like if it is a drunk driver, then uh, does it like, isn't that re for like, like for Danvers to, to drink and drive, it is not right to do. It is no. a legal thing that you should not do. You should never do it. But also I can see where she like doesn't she's like it's i like should have wish yeah. yeah and then the racism that she she's often doing because she knows how bad it'll be for right the way she's overprotective mm -hmm. of of leah in the worst possible ways with navarro her anger comes from like the way her sister's treated the way mm -hmm. that the indigenous yeah. people are treated like all of that anger the thing where like she lashes out at the guy who like that guy like got out of jail after he's been abusing you know blair so right. it's like i think that like that's the other piece of the show that i thought was like really good it, and it was like you would see the bad aspects of people and then you would learn about them. And it doesn't justify the things that they do, but it, it gives you more information. You get, yeah. Yeah. They become very like fleshed out, understandable characters. Yeah. Um, So tongue time. Okay. Where did the tongue come from? Yeah. I think that this is a universe where you don't only see dead people in Ennis. They also leave you clues. Wow. And I think that like a lot of the things, so we see, you know, and we see in this episode that, you know, Danvers finds like uh, Navarro's mother's cross in her hair and, you know, the yeah. orange and the, yeah. and the glass, she sees the glass that is like the it's glass like from, from, yeah. from holding, you know, they find the teddy bear, you know, like, like the, the polar bear. I think that, my interpretation of this potentially is that the show wanted to give us 99.9% a rational explanation for both of the deaths, which I'm glad it did. But there has been so much about, you know, Travis points out the Salal men. Um, there's been so much of this, like the dead are trying to send messages to the living. That's one of the three reasons that Rose says they come back. And sometimes they leave things. They leave oranges, they leave glass, they leave teddy bears, they leave crosses. So there's some like tangible thing in the world. I think Annie left her tongue here so that the murders would be connected and so that her murder would eventually be solved. A good theory and I, I like it i think i my like not being supernatural theory is there is a moment where raymond i believe says no no that wasn't us the cop took her yeah and he probably cut out the tongue to send so a that message. would be hank yeah and i think hank, that, yeah hank, hank is there i believe before danvers you think he, he left it yeah he drops it i don't know but then well, that's why like would evidence against that? that doesn't make any sense so i don't know i don't know it, yeah. He always carries around with him, and he accidentally it fell out of his pocket. <laughs> he always goes. <laughs> no, I don't know. No, I and yeah, no, okay, yeah. I, there's no reason for him to have dropped it, so it's fully your expression is actually fully. Bad. I do he think that Hank is the one who cut the tongue out. That they wanted to make right. it look like it was, you know, a silencing. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, they're like the the. 
I, I feel like the way that Annie like discovers what's really happening and then like the her her actions, like there's there's things that didn't really make sense. Yeah, the oranges me. never the or, like the oranges rolling never made sense. And you could argue that they're also like they were never there's never an orange in the Arctic. For, well, yeah, I mean, I guess we there's find never out an orange for Julia, but she it loved was, or, yeah, she loved oranges. So it's her way. And I, so I think that like that, that those are just sort of signs that the dead are like affecting this world. All right. I'll buy it. It's like the best explanation. Um, yeah. But I do, I, it's maybe not my, I, I mean, I guess I'll never be sad. Like, but, but the show does try to say Danvers is like, well, you know, some questions don't have answers. And so you have to, you just, and to that to a degree feels a little bit like, you know, why didn't the lost creators of the mythology be like, you know, you can't answer well, everything. Huh? What, you know? what do you want from us? Yeah. So, but you know, on the other hand, it's like, it is also true. That's true. You, we don't find out every bit of information. Right. And I, I don't feel like, Oh my God, I wanted to know what the happened to the tongue. And every week I wasn't being to like, Jess, like what happened? What We got to figure out what happened, how the tongue got here. You know? Yeah. Like, well, I think part I think, of the bigger mystery, but and I, and I think, you know, we've been this whole time we've been trying to figure out like, how much is the show going to say there's a supernatural explanation for things? And how much is it going to say that there's a practical, logical explanation for things? And I think that the show went in the 99% logical yeah. practical explanation but in such a show that's had so many spiritual supernatural elements if there was not even a bit of that i think that that also would have felt like it didn't land with the tone so i feel like the tongue is the way to sort of honor that yes that we're not going to discount that it's all mental health that julia was just a schizophrenic that navarro is you know that like there is this connection to the afterlife that i think the show is making the point is very much real and it's so real that navarro can learn her inupiaq name in the afterlife it's so real that she can learn something about holden that she wouldn't have possibly been able to know otherwise it's real enough that you know, maybe there's glass on the floor. Maybe there are oranges rolling under the refrigerator. Um, so I think that 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 is is still in the universe of the show as I as I read it. Yeah, I think that that's fair. Um, all right. Anything else before we head off? If anybody has questions, we could try to yeah. answer quickly. But um, is Did there twist, any twist and shout came back? Yeah. Also, the like slow version of Twist and Chat. I'm I'm actually pretty hung up on this because uh -huh. I think that you. Okay, I just need to Google the lyrics of Twist and Chat, which I know are mostly we're come on, come on, come on, baby. Now. <laughs> yeah. Twist yeah. and shout. Come on, work it on. You twisty little girl. But you know, I. But I. So fine. But you know, maybe it's just a song she lo like Issa Lopez loves, and it just plays. But it plays. Again, this episode Why? It's playing is, on is the Raymond thing again. Clark like coming back and putting this on again. Let me know. Twist a little closer. Let me know that you're mine. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I I really I really don't know the meaning behind Twist and Shout. Uh -huh. Um, but it but obviously is like very important, you know, it plays twice this episode. The it DNA it's kind of twists. I guess is the spiral uh, is a twist. I mean, I, we I'm and I'm attributing to the Beatles, but it also does, you know it's the Ferris Bueller movie that it uh -huh. comes up in during the parade. Yeah. But I can't it, really think isn't of isn't Twist and Shout a cover? Didn't the Beatles cover that one? Oh, interesting. Yeah, I believe they did. Shout. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd have to look. Yeah, but I believe that's true. Let's see. Um, yeah, 
originally recorded by the top notes yeah well not become a hit records until the isley brothers uh-huh there you go yeah i did love the rendition i did love the like mm -hmm. slow version but it's i'm just a huge beatles fan so <laughs> you, you get me yeah i don't know i don't know twist and shout i don't know why it's uh <laughs> in the show but it's fine we're shaking, 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 baby. Now, um, I mean, I get, I mean, the, I mean, the piece from the Wheeler part is like, it, it's similar, I think, to Raymond of this idea yeah. of like, you say you love this person, especially there's a baby there. You say, you know, come a little close. Like, it, it does have this like, in the one, in the way that the song is written, it's like, let's dance. In the, the, the most, uh horror version of the song it's like come closer i'm i'm gonna murder you and control mm -hmm. and control and tell you what to do yeah um, it feels of like a very generous read but it's about the best i've got um okay i have a couple questions grace that yeah. are that that didn't so oliver tagak and uh otis heiss yes like yeah. what like are like what what do what what do they have to do with anything so <laughs> My so Oliver, um, I think that they realize he has a generator. My like thing that I would like my, the story of Oliver Oliver Tagak is that he left after. So wait, he left after Annie died. So is he not? So so did he, he did he yeah. know? Did he leave before Annie died or after Annie died? Have to, yeah, we'd have to go back and look. But either way, I feel like so if he was there when it happened, super complicit. Uh, if he's there like before, he said in like these are not good people. They're not doing good things. I'm leaving. I'm getting so far off the grid. Like Ennis is a terrible, especially if you know that like a cop is doing it, and he obviously is a new Piac or indigenous. Mm -hmm. So this idea of like I'm getting the hell out of here. And but ultimately, what he does is he gives them like there's two clues the generator thing is more just like oh my god he uses generator they could use a jet like they could be anywhere because they use it so maybe they're in the night country or whatever and then he does give them the stuff he like does give them the stuff like right. this is where you need to be looking um uh otis they do explain that like raymond just sought him out to figure yeah. out how to survive but how but what happened so this is the whole thing because then raymond says he wanted to know like how Otis survived and, and he says it was Annie. It's oh, like time is a flat circle, even though Annie wasn't born. When true, Otis true detective season one. True, yes. Out. Detectiving yeah, truly. Um, exactly. Time <laughs> is a flat circle. Season one is season six. We'll never get out of it. There's always a spiral. But when, you know, so what happened to Otis though, like Clark attributes it to Annie because everybody believes ghosts are real here. But what did happen to Otis? Because he says, that they was in a cave men died trapped in the ice we ran out for help but there was a blizzard i heard something scream howling the other men started following the sound tried to go after them then nothing woke up in the hospital his eyes were burned and his ears had gone to shit so i was wondering if this was like so the dead calling to these men or if this was or if we're going to find out that this is another you know the 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 terrorist Revenge. native yeah. women gang <laughs> that's like driving men out of ice caves like i was just wondering come on like, we gotta go kill the researchers it's family tradition let's go <laughs> is is like this is where i felt like maybe i mean i this is where the pacing stopped working for me because i felt like we were building and then we introduced otis and then otis takes us here and there's this this we're following this thread and then all of a sudden like boom yeah. we get this whole like big story all unraveling in the last episode um 
So I think that Otis was really like a lot of nothing. Uh, yeah, he's someone to be at the dredges. Uh, mm -hmm. so that you know, he does feel very like plot. He's a th he's someone yeah. for Hank to have killed without having to kill anybody right. that's sort of like super important to the main mm -hmm. cast. Um, I definitely, yeah, I, I do think I would have liked an explanation for that. The other piece of this, I guess, that now I'm just thinking in terms of like, I did really like the theme of the ending, but also like if, if being fr so the ear, their eardrums and all the stuff that happened to them was such a big thing. So no, they couldn't have just froze to death, which is like fine. Cause eventually we get to like, well, no, they were like scared and forced out. Into yeah. The but then how did their, how did their like eardrums? So like, is that just what happens? Like when you're freezing? Well, to death? Yeah. Now I have to Google like what happens when you freeze to death, you know, uh, but, but wouldn't, but, but then wouldn't they just be like, but that's what happens when you freeze is it, should the case really have gone to Anchorage? Cause Anchorage I mean, yeah. Play. Like, yeah. You Pete's cousin, the vet should have known that. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess this does feel like, uh, it does it's feel like, a little I Google, bit like a... I, they want they, they want to tell me what happens when you freeze your credit, but no, I want to know <laughs> what happens when you freeze. You're um freezing to death. What happens to the body? Um, we become unconscious and hover between life and death. Um, did I tell you this quote that I found when I was like reading about freezing to death before? Like when we were first introduced to the corpsicle, um, somebody said like that my wife who's a nurse always said oh this was in the discord like somebody said like my wife who's a nurse always says that a body is like somebody's not dead until they're warm and dead um but oh. your um your heart slows beating just once or twice a minute blood can no longer be pumped through the body quickly um see but then it, well then your ear drop like it feels like yeah, what your blood is slowing. yeah so maybe a little like uh did we forget a thing? Maybe it does feel like the eardrum thing is all that like, Oh wait, we're not yeah. going to put it in the end of the show. So then forget about Otis, but like also we put it in. So yeah, maybe a little tough. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's their pa paradoxical undressing is in the Wikipedia for hypothermia, terminal burrowing, hide and die syndrome occurs at the final stages of hypothermia. Ugh. Those okay, yeah. I yeah, don't, um, I don't know about the ears and the eyes. I, I, I am. No, yeah, I feel like again a little, a big, uh, probably a big thing. But you know what? Who cares? The Danvers says not all questions. Have no, answers. not all questions. Questions can have answers. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think just like again, I'm like mostly happy with the themes of the show, and and most, and then it's just like mm -hmm. everyone, like like the more I'm looking at it, I'm like, uh, you know. Uh, oh, I missed a little spot there. <laughs> that's, okay. that's okay. That's fine. I mostly really, I really enjoyed it. So, yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, yeah. Jen thinks maybe Twist and Shout would have played in the car. I thought that's a good, that's a good mm. shit. A lot of oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think Danvers wasn't in the car though when the crash I happened. I think, um, yeah. Andrew's so confused. Where's the, t you know, <laughs> that, that's what, <laughs> that's what we're saying. No, yeah. I do, I do, I would feel pretty satisfied with the subtext being that Annie left the tongue so that they yeah, would. That's not bad. It's good. Yeah. I, I, you know what I would, not to like, I would edit the show on the, but like the fact that they go and test it, like if nobody else ever see, you know what I mean? Like I feel like with the oranges, like, Nobody then ever sees the or like the cross. She like mm -hmm. checks it out. The cross gets found a couple of times, right? All these yeah. things were like 
did that actually happen to those people? I don't know. Did, did they see it? Is that real? Is it, isn't it real because it happened to them? But if it's not right. physically real, but the tongue, it went and got done for, it got taken for DNA testing. Yes. <laughs> so yes. presumably some lab. Yeah. Know, we just, don't get confirmation that the other sort of, um, you know, messages from the other side are real and tangible. Yeah. Which I, I do prefer and like, but like, if you believe it, it you know, I, I love the ending of Danvers. Um, I love the, the hold of like, you know, she's choosing to listen and what he, he's saying is that he sees her. Like, I love all that. So yeah. again, I thought uh, pretty good. Um, some nitpicks, but overall I really mm -hmm. enjoyed the show and I've really enjoyed talking um, with you about it. Oh, it's no. been a, it's been a pure delight to talk no. about this really upsetting show <laughs> with you, Grace. I know. I'm like, I feel like I'm like, when I'm like, so like, wow, the fact that the, 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 the man who murdered his wife, the baby could be her adopted baby. How fun, <laughs> how fun. Yeah. yeah I'm uh, but like, you know, just because no. this is my last chance to talk about this show, I want to say like, I mean, visually, so beautiful like unlike anything i've seen on television like that has been that has definitely been a highlight um really really well acted what a treat to see jodie foster and to get yeah. introduced to kaylee rez i also thought that um that uh that the actor uh who plays pete Pryor, um whose name is escaping me right now um something fin uh yeah that sounds yeah. right <laughs> and john hawks i also thought was fin really Bennett. Finn Bennett yeah. um, and John Hawks. That was great. Uh, I thought Isabella Star LeBlanc was fantastic. So I think that this was like, uh, I, I, I'm very excited to be introduced to Issa Lopez with this. I know that she has a horror background. I'm sure that she can make really, really terrifying stuff after having seen this. Um, yeah. But uh, I really, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and I appreciate it. There's so many people commenting, chatting along and on the YouTube and in the Discord, on Twitter. Uh, it was so great. Uh, we're going to keep doing it, the deep dive. Uh, very impressive for a show to be called True Detective Night Country. I didn't see one complaint about being like, a uh, show's so dark. I can't see <laughs> You know, how many shows have we watched in the past like five years that like it's just like why did they do that to the lighting? <laughs> no, I mean honest, yeah, I th that is like yeah, say that again louder for the people in yeah. the back. Like what a treat to actually be able to see what's happening in a television. I show. saw that there was a trailer for House of the Dragon season two that popped oh. up on my TV just before uh, True Detective Night Country started. So I'm looking at you, please. Yes, your you're being visible. you're you're getting would, called out. I would love to watch your show. Uh -huh. You know, that'd be great. Uh -huh. <laughs> Anyway, um, all right, very fun. Uh, Jess, I'll be doing the deep dive later this week. Mike Bloom and Latanya Starks doing a uh, the versus pod, the final one. We'll see what other. We'll see if there's more to talk about for True Detective. You said it's the last mm. time. Maybe not. If there's more, yeah. more to uncover between all of us talking about True Detective, maybe we missed some. Someone pointed out to me that Holden is probably mind is blown. You and you and Jess are gonna have to talk about that. Really one. good. It's yeah. Really good. Yeah. Um, we we'll we'll figure out where the tongue came from. We'll do that. Um. All right, Doctor. Before we leave, what else you got going on? Where can people find you? Ooh. Uh. Yeah. You can find me. Uh. On post show recaps. I'm talking to Ariel about Six Feet Under. We're working our way through season two on the rewatch. That's been really fun. And you can always keep up with everything that I'm doing on Twitter, where I am at Doctor Amanda R. And how about you, Grace? Yeah, it's a double dose of Ariel for me this week because we are going to – we did talk about Madam Web on Buzzer Oh, I, I listened to that with great delight. Yeah, I think I think it's first, It's certainly the worst movie we've ever covered on the podcast. Wow, wow. 
it's a really bad movie. So it was a fun podcast. Yeah. And then uh, Jess and I are going to be joined by Ariel to talk about Breakpoint, which is the wow. Netflix tennis documentary. Oh, really wow. Good. Ariel's a big tennis fan. So we're going to talk about Breakpoint, a full spoiler recap. So check that out. Um, yeah. I'm on social media at High from Grace. We will be. We will be we'll be here for the rest of the week and then uh maybe more maybe more true detective coverage. We shall mm-hmm. see. Until then, we will be detectiving truly. Or I guess not anymore, but right. you know, it was fun. It was fun while it lasted. <laughs>